Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. I've been trying to use my cell phone less at home in the evenings. I've been trying to be uh, less responsive to the alerts and the bings and the vibrates that come uh, from that little black rectangle. And, well, I've been trying to, to set a rule where I turn off the notifications and I don't respond to them in the evening. And so yesterday, as the day was winding down, a uh, little baby Piper had already been put to bed. Uh, I was hanging out in the living room uh, with, with my wife, and we were just having a conversation about this and that. Uh, I heard my phone vibrate. And I thought, oh, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Well, I did it. I, I picked it up, and I saw that it was an alert. <clears throat> stemming from a tweet sent out by Utah County Commissioner Tanner Ainge. Uh, There were two documents attached to that tweet. One was uh, a letter written to the Utah County community. The other was an order, uh, a public health order, uh, signed by the Utah County Commission Chair, Tanner Ainge, and the Utah County Health Department, along with uh, a signature of the uh, county attorney, uh, David Levitt. And as I read the letter, I realized what uh, was before me. And it was uh, that the county of Utah, Utah County, uh, had established uh, a mask mandate. Now, that's a bad word these days, right? Mandate, uh, mask mandate. Well, the, the letter explains and, and requests, in fact, that, uh, that all join in the effort to slow the spread during uh, these next 30 days. The order applies to the next 30 days. Uh, it takes all of us. This uh, quoting from the letter signed by Utah County Health Director Ralph Clegg, Commissioner Tanner Ainge, and Commissioner Nathan Ivey. Now, I'll point out that there is a name missing from this list, and that is of Utah County Commissioner Bill Lee. Uh, you will remember that he uh, made some headlines not too long ago uh, by organizing uh, a group of, of, of Utah County residents. Uh, who were opposed to mask mandates. They gathered together uh, at the county building and uh, all crammed inside uh, a meeting place. It was instantly determined that that gathering was dangerous, and uh, Commissioner Chair uh, Ainge called the meeting off, and uh, that made headlines for a few days. Well, uh, Commissioner Lee did not sign uh, this letter to the community. We'll be joined by uh, Commissioner Lee just to get his thoughts on this new order in Utah County. But uh, I I want you to hear some of the rationale first uh, from uh, Tanner Ainge and Mayor Kafusi. We'll also hear uh, briefly from uh, Sheriff Smith 
Utah County Sheriff Mike Smith, who was a guest here recently on my, on my program, uh, and he let it be known that he, if there should be a mask mandate, uh, had no intention of enforcing that. Uh, and his rationale uh, we'll get into in, in just a moment. But first, uh, Tanner Ainge appeared this morning on Utah's Morning News, uh, and he spoke about how masks help mitigate the spread of the virus. But he's worried about how people uh, might actually, or if people uh, are actually effectively wearing them. Well, this is really a call to action. Uh, given the spike that we're experiencing in our community and, and in our state, uh, it's an opportunity for all of us to step up, do our part, and, and wear a mask as the scientific and medical community and our state health department continues to indicate that that works and that our county's compliance with that guideline continues to lag um, neighboring counties. And so it, we felt like it was an opportunity to emphasize this and, and really try to stop the spread. And Ainge went on to say that the county is not criminalizing, not wearing a mask in general, but people uh, who put on large gatherings uh, could be in trouble. I don't think that nobody wants this to become a situation that we kind of all have heard about where people are calling out their neighbors or calling their local police department because they see someone walking on the street. Um, you know, this is just about all doing our part. And I, I don't really envision a, a police officer doing anything other than encouraging someone to wear a mask, maybe giving them a mask. But in, in large groups or where there's large gatherings, the health department can be notified and, and those who organize that and there's complete disregard for this health order, they could receive some penalties from the health department. Now, we haven't heard much from Mayor Kafusi, the Provo uh, city mayor. Many have indicated some of the parties that have taken place within Provo's uh, borders are largely responsible for the spike that we're seeing in Utah County, in particular amongst young people, 15 to 24. Uh, she this morning, though, did make herself uh, available and spoke with Dave and Dejanovic, uh, and she talked about why she now supports uh, a mandate when uh, she... Uh, made it known her intentions to veto uh, a similar measure uh, by uh, Provo City. She, uh, in fact, did veto, but that veto was overcome. She uh, was opposed to a mask mandate in the city of Provo, uh, but later uh, made it known just this morning that she is supportive. Here's her rationale. One of the reasons I was against a Provo mandate, and I said this at the time, was because the county health department didn't want cities doing their own mandates. They didn't want a patchwork of mandates. And I followed our county health department to the T, same with the state guidance. Now that the county health department wants a mandate countywide, they continue to have my full support. And as I've always said, the authorities on public health at the local level are county health departments. They're the ones with trained staff to make determinations on health-related issues. People act like I've been going rogue when all I've ever done is stay right in line with our health authorities. We're going to take a break now. When we return, I will be joined by Utah County Commissioner Bill Lee, not a supporter of this mask mandate. I have two uh, real questions to ask him. Number one, does he believe that masks are effective? That's a different question uh, than whether or not one believes that a mask mandate uh, is important or worthwhile or necessary. We'll get into those nuanced questions about mask mandates and the wearing of masks next. With Utah County Commissioner Bill Lee ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Hey, uh, hey, Amy, it was uh, it was season three, episode twenty three. It was the episode entitled "The Job." 
you're right. It was Michael Scott. He sat down with David Wallace. It was after that merger, and uh, David's asking him, how'd you pull this off? Michael says, why don't I tell you about my greatest weaknesses? He says, number one, I work too hard. I care too much, and sometimes I can be too invested in my job. Uh, that coming uh, from listener John, keeping us up to speed. Uh, great fact checkers all out there. Very grateful to, to everyone's support here. All right, so uh, that's a tangent. Earlier on, I was giving uh, one of the candidates for a Supreme Court uh, justice seat, I was giving her a hard time. She, in a hearing, uh, she was asked about uh, one of her uh, greatest flaws, and she said, sometimes sometimes I'm just a little too dedicated to my job. It reminded me of the office. Anyway, a total tangent. Thanks for enduring it. We right now are looking at what is happening in Utah County. Big news of yesterday was that the governor, along with the interim director of the Utah Department of Health, had made the announcement that uh, Orem and Provo were shifting from the yellow risk level back, uh, moving backwards to orange. That, of course, coming after uh, a pretty significant spike in cases in those two communities, in particular among young people 15 uh, to 24. Now, uh, COVID virus is no respecter of municipal boundaries, right? Uh, And so you need to look at the surrounding communities. Uh, In this case, these uh, this spike is being looked at at the county level. I uh, let you know that last night, the last text message I was, or the last rather Twitter, the last tweet I read last night came from uh, Tanner Ainge as he uh, posted on Twitter a, a letter uh, signed by uh, himself, Commissioner Nathan Ivey, and uh, the Director of uh, the Department of Health for Utah County. Absent from that letter, uh, was the signature of Utah County Commissioner uh, Bill Lee. That letter uh, went on to then essentially introduce uh, a public health order. And joining me now to to get his views on what is taking place right now in Utah County is uh, the name which was missing from yesterday's letter, Bill Lee, Utah County Commissioner. Mr. Lee, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. Let me ask you first and foremost, why wasn't your name on the letter? Well... Uh, a whole host of reasons, but I, I fundamentally don't don't believe in uh, putting up uh, paper laws that uh, don't have any effect at all, uh, and that's what this is. Uh, if they truly believe this kind of stuff, you know, they should do something about it. Even you know, put aside how we philosophically believe, but this is this is a mandate that's not a mandate, and, that, and that's how it was kind of worded. And I just think that kind of stuff's ridiculous. When you say a mandate, that's not a mandate. Is that because it's been, you know, voiced by law enforcement, in particular Sheriff Smith, that uh, that this won't be enforced? Is that what you mean? Yeah, I mean, even in the letter itself, you know, we're not going to we're not going to look to prosecute this. There's, there's really not going to be any penalty to it. I mean, it'll be in there kind of in a in a in a in a certain way, but uh, you know, we're not going to it's not going to be enforced. And so, therefore, uh, we're it's it. This is this is political virtue signaling and grandstanding. It has nothing to do with trying to move the needle and get something done in Utah County. And and we've we've had conversations with mayors and with the other commissioners. We're trying to find things. At least I'm trying to find things that actually move the needle and allow us to, to, to shift from top-down approach and make it more bottom-up approach and local government empowering people. But we're not, we're not doing that. We're, we're, we're fixated on, on this mask thing that is divisive uh, amongst our, our community. And, it's, and then we put it out there and say, here's a mandate, but it's really not a mandate. We're really not going to do this. We're not going to do that. No one's going to enforce it because I've asked, who's going to enforce this? 
and and it's just uh, so it's 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 a it's a paper tiger that's just sitting out there. Is that really the sticking point for you, uh, Commissioner? We're speaking with Commissioner Lee with the Utah County Commission. Uh, if the letter and the order had included uh, an element of enforcement, if say uh, Sheriff Smith said that, yeah, I, I will uh, instruct my deputies to to enforce this, should we encounter violations of the order, w- would would you be okay with that? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, thanks for asking that question. I, I still would have been voting it down and saying and saying no to it because uh, I, I believe that we need to, you know, engage our, our, our local elected officials and others. We're going to move from the phase that we've been at so far with uh, this emergency and being kind of a top down from the governor down. And we got to start moving this into a local, local driven, local elected and, and, and into the communities and the leaders that are in the communities, ecclesiastic. And, and other leaders that are there, and I believe that that's that's the approach that actually does something. This this mask stuff is is uh, you know it's it's just theoretical in a lot of a lot of respects. We've had a mask mandate here for almost three weeks in Provo, but that and we had the spikes in the middle of it. So um, you know it it just it, it divides our community. It does not unite our community. And we have some great people down here that want and they want to help and they want to do what's right, even if it is wearing a mask at times. They'll do it. And so I think for the most part in the in the in the community, you see masks being worn already, and and this one here is just a political signal, virtue signaling. Let me ask you a few fundamental questions. Regardless of uh, politics or your accusations of virtue signaling or politics itself, do you believe scientifically that the wearing of a mask uh, can be and is an effective tool in mitigating the spread of COVID-19? Well, I I do I, I wear a mask, so I put masks on to slow. Now I, I got into a real good argument with the doctor when the doctor said it stops the virus, and I fundamentally say, you know what? Let's go back to the uh, let's go back to uh, those who who actually are the experts when we're talking about masks, and that's OSHA. OSHA is more of the experts. It's not the it's not the doctor that is in. You know, talking about infectious disease, they're 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 the expert in that area, but they're not the experts in masks. And and OSHA doesn't even you know OSHA comes out and says, ah, no, you know what? Even the K95, you know, there's 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 certain things that are going on there in our in our cloth masks. So what I'm saying is is that slowing it down, common sense dictates to me that if you can slow down the particles, the water particles, and you do that with a mask, sure, you know, I'm sure there's there's a part of it that says we're slowing it down. Um, and, and I and I I believe that just on a common sense basis, but I I can't just tag it and say wear a mask. It's going to solve all this whole thing, and the coronavirus is going away. Yeah, we, have not, 75, I, we have seventy five we have seventy five thousand you know students coming into our valley, and and we we know there's going to be a spike. We have that would be the third largest city if that was a city, and we have a third large. I mean, and we say um, all of a sudden, anybody surprised that we have some spiking going on? Not me. I mean, that's going to happen. You know, b- besides the uh, ecclesiastical endorsement, which you or, or involvement, which you've mentioned, uh, and maybe even more local of government uh, interaction, w- how do you propose, sir, that we uh, that we mitigate the spike or bring down the spike or turn the tide? How do we get uh, Provo and Orem out of the orange uh, range? If we if we give the information right now, we give general information. It's kind of on a regional information to the local mayors. And at the very beginning of this whole thing, the mayors were asking us information. Give us information. Give us information. It was not given. It was given kind of generally, and and 
And so they've been kind of out of the loop. They've been following direction, again, from the top down. But if we were to give the information to them on a more local basis and we said, okay, this four-block area, we're seeing some, some spiking going on, and then they were to say, they were to get with their council or with their emergency people and say, let's do some reverse 911 calls into that area. Let's warn the people that there's some, there's, you know, like we do with weather, high high. Uh, wind warnings. We got a high risk warning in this area. And let's call the ecclesiastical leaders or the community leaders. I, the people, we have some of the best. They would take care of the situation. And they would do it because, one, they trust the people. They love the people that's in their neighborhoods. And, and they, would, they would find ways to protect themselves and help to re- resolve these problems. All right. Uh, we'll have to let that be the last word. Commissioner Lee, thank you for your time. Uh, I, I'm pleased to hear that you're, you're wearing a mask. Uh, I uh, you know, I, I believe in the science. I, I believe that it does uh, slow uh, and, and mitigate the the spread of things. I'm not sure uh, that anyone believes that it is uh, the you know the end all be all solution to this, uh, but it does help. I, I believe that. Happy to hear that you're wearing one. Uh, thank you for your time. Uh, thank you for your service on the commission, uh, Commissioner Bill Lee from Utah County. We're going to take a break right now. Uh, when we return, I'll be joined by Utah Congressman Chris Stewart. We're going to talk about two things. We have been uh, engaged in an ongoing segment where we look, we peel back uh, the curtain and look and see uh, what it is like to run for office. He, uh, right now, is battling a challenger. We'll see what uh, that is like for him. How do you do that while still serving in Congress? And then speaking of service in Congress, uh, he, his effort to bring about a three-digit suicide uh, prevention line, 988, it has cleared the final hurdle in the House of Representatives. We'll get his reactions on that next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.